Hey everybody, it's Kendall from the Recording Lounge Podcast. It is January 6th, 2017. Hope everybody had a great holiday season and a good new year. Been trying to take it easy myself. Um, had a really crazy year last year and things uh, really bottled up on me towards the end of the year. And, you know, everybody wants to finish their record at the end of the year. And I, I get it. I get everyone's, you know, hey, can we put this out in January or can we put this out before Christmas? And, so things always get a little crazy around uh, this time of year, but um, I actually recorded this podcast uh, back before Christmas and uh, just didn't have time to edit it um, and things with the holidays, you know how it goes. So I've been trying to take it easy. Hope you guys have uh, had some nice time with family and time to relax. And uh, we got snow outside right now where I am, so that's kind of a nice change, drinking my coffee and enjoying the beautiful snow. So I wanted to get a little bit philosophical on this podcast. You know, the end of the year always makes me start thinking about, you know, what, how can I do better next year? And do I have any resolutions? And what did I do this year that, you know, was really good? And, you know, what were my weak points this year? And I, I always sort of do a self-review at the end of the year. And I try to set in motion things for the next year. And um, so I, I got thinking about a lot of this stuff. And I got thinking about it through the eyes of my clients. You know, what? how can they have a better year? And how can they advance their careers? So that got me thinking a lot about artistic intent and why we do the things that we do. So that's what today's show is about. So the show was partly inspired by a conversation that a friend of mine was having on Facebook that prompted me to make a Facebook status uh, today. And if you're following me on Facebook or friends with me on Facebook, then you might have seen it. But I'm just going to read you the post that I that I had um, because it really I've been it's been weighing on me really heavy today. Uh, so here's my post. Make art your own way, purely, honestly, and truly, without worrying about how commercially viable it will be. And then seek out the specific audience that wants to hear your story. Figure out what that specific audience is and market to them. Don't try it the other way around. Seriously, if you try to make art to impress the general masses, it will almost certainly come out being generic. Generic art for the general public. They're meant for each other by design. It's safe. It's a white lie. It doesn't actually express the human experience. If your art is honest and altruistic and happens to impress the masses, great. But don't interpret that as anything more than happenstance. Those artists that are unique and commercially popular are likely just making art their own way and it just so happened to get popular at the right place, at the right time, and under the right social and cultural circumstances. If we can't drop the act and just start expressing real emotions, real anger, real love, real disgust, real sadness, real hope, we'll never reach the world with our art. It's been said that art is meant to disturb, and that doesn't happen by playing it safe. If you're really honest with yourself, is your passion based on telling a story or selling a story? Be real. So that was my status, and this applies to musicians and engineers and producers and studio owners and art artists of all kinds. I mean, cooks, uh, chefs, I, I mean, all kinds of artists um, can feel this sort of uh, message within this post. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And the message of this post is basically about artistic intent and why you do the things that you do. 
You know, why is it? I know that a lot of my listeners are recording themselves. They're listening to my podcast to learn how to record their own music. I would say that's a big majority of the people that are my podcast listeners. Now, there are a lot of people that are listeners that are engineers um, that are, you know, not necessarily recording their own music. Um, many of us, myself included, are doing both. They're an engineer, but they're also recording their own music. Um, so the point being, the first question you have to ask yourself is why do you do the things that you do? Why do you make music? You know, what's your drive behind making music? Is it because you love it? Is it because you have a story to tell? You know, what goes through your mind when you're writing a song? Do you ever have the thought, well, you know, I, that that's cool, but I don't think it'll be very like commercially viable or, you know, oh, well, that's cool, but I don't really know if people will like it or, you know, things like that. Okay, so I wanted to push the point that if you go your whole artistic career trying to make other people happy, not only will you basically feel like a shell of a person at the end of all of it, but that's sort of a fleeting happiness, right? Like that's not why we originally got into music, is it? And I bet all of you out there will say, no, I mean, I got into it because I loved it. I felt inspired. Were you thinking about how many people, you know, when you first heard your first Miles Davis record or James Taylor or Led Zeppelin or, you know, name that artist, name that famous artist, okay, Carly Simon, um, the Kinks, I mean, anybody, the Sex Pistols, if you think about those times when you first heard those records, you didn't care how many other people liked it. You know, you just thought, man, this is awesome. You know, your friend showed it to you or whatever, and you thought, well, okay, he said to listen to it. And then you listened to it and you thought, oh, man, this is so cool. Or maybe you thought, eh, it's okay. But you, you were going with your gut reaction. You were going with your initial gut reaction. And maybe when you picked up an instrument, you picked up the guitar for the first time, you said, you know, yeah, this is cool. I want to learn to play. And then you played it for a while. And then, you know, maybe you picked up the piano and, and something just clicked. And you just said, man, I just really get this. Like, this is me. And I feel like you should continue your entire career with that sort of sense of wonder and honestly, a bit of selfishness where you're, you're, you're saying, this is me. Like, this is what I am. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to say. This is the story I have to tell the world. I think it's important. And I don't really care if you don't, because I have to say this, this isn't something I just want to do, but this is something I have to do. So I think it's really dangerous to go down this road of approval seeking. There's a paradox that sometimes is talked about in the business world, especially called the Abilene paradox, which basically states that people often make decisions based on what they think other people want them to do. I'll illustrate a scenario. So let's say a group of people are sitting around a conference table and they're talking about what they want for lunch. And, uh, you know, a guy at the end says, uh, okay, hey, everybody, I want pizza. And then a girl on the opposite side of the table says, um, okay, well, he wants pizza. I don't really want pizza, but, uh, you know, I think probably everybody else will. So I'm just going to say, yeah, I'll take, yeah, I want pizza too. And then someone next to her says, uh, man, I don't really, I don't really want pizza. I kind of want Chinese, but, um, you know, she wants pizza and he wants pizza. So I don't want to be the guy that, you know, disrupts the whole thing. So I'm going to say pizza too. 
And then somebody crosses the table says, okay, well, what about sandwiches? And then the other people think, oh, well, I don't really want sandwiches. So, but, but he does, and maybe that's better than pizza. I don't, so it just carries on like this, this sort of like very quick, instant, uh, second guessing and, you know, and not speaking your mind. And eventually it's very possible that nobody at that conference table got the lunch that they wanted, that it was all made based on the decisions of what they thought someone else wanted. And in a way, we could say that that's, you know, empathy and that's, you know, hey, well, I'm trying to be fair and I'm trying to be, you know, inclusive and I want to I want everybody to get their chance. But at the same time, uh, that is a slippery slope that sometimes can lead you down to this sort of like anti-decision that isn't really anybody's choice. <laughs> so especially, and, and we're talking about lunch here, okay? So when it comes to your art, I don't think there's any room to worry about what other people are going to think, if other people like it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't take criticism and learn from your mistakes. And, you know, if somebody says, man, this sucks, then that doesn't mean you just ignore it like, nah, I'm awesome. Forget that guy. Um, you know, <laughs> that doesn't mean that. But the point is, when you're creating it, when you're actually making it, writing it, cooking it, recording it, whatever the art is, um, don't worry about the, the end result so much. Think about what it is you're trying to say. Think about the purpose and the intention of what you're doing. You know, think about what what is the message that I'm trying to get across here? Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about how long the song is. Don't worry if it's, you know, uh, too long for radio play or if it's commercially viable or if people will like it or if your friends will like it. Don't worry about any of that. Make art that is honest and real, even if it's not what you you know think other people are going to like. Because I can guarantee you that most artists that became sort of revolutionaries in their time, they just made music. They just made music the way that they did it. And people were like, hey, this is really cool what these people are doing over here. What What's what's up with that? And then you have the Beach Boys and you have the Beatles and you have all these things. Now, of course, there is always room for improvement. I'm not saying that. I mean, obviously, this whole podcast is dedicated to all helping each other improve and, and learning and improving the craft. Um, but my argument here is to make art yours, you know, make it your own, make it honest, make it real. And then whatever that turns out to be, don't just, uh, you know, don't just shrug your shoulders and say, well, people didn't like it. I guess I'm a failure. You know, find the people that will like it. The illustration I used uh, in the comment with somebody on the Facebook post was, you know, say you've got an ice cream passion, you know, your passion is making ice cream and it's your favorite thing in the world. It's what you've always wanted to do. You know, it's, it's kind of a niche thing. It's not like a restaurant. It's just ice cream and that's what you do and that's your passion. And you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to open up an ice cream shop and I'm going to do it in my hometown. Now, your hometown just so happens to be Anchorage, Alaska. Now, Anchorage is a beautiful place, but not necessarily a huge demand for ice cream in Anchorage. And people don't like it, and your business fails, and you say, oh gosh, I'm a failure. You know, I guess people don't like, well, maybe maybe I should open a fish market instead. Okay, people people seem to like fish up here, so maybe I should do that. And then you do that, and you get some more business, and you say, well, maybe I'll just open a full-fledged, like, 
nice restaurant and we have great fish and we have great steaks and we have burgers and we have, you know, all this stuff, then people will really like it. And then more people come and, and they start to like it. And you're like, yeah, this is great. Look at all this success I've achieved. But at what cost? Your passion was ice cream, not, you know, having a steak restaurant, not have you know, that wasn't your passion. Instead, what you should have done is taken what you taken your passion and said, okay, this is what I want to do. Who, who wants this? Is it the people around me? Maybe not, you know, and that's okay. We have more opportunities now than ever to reach out all over the world. I mean, just think of this podcast. I've got listeners in tons of countries all over the world and I'm just talking into a microphone and lots of people like it. If you don't like it, you probably stopped listening a long time ago. But if you do, you keep listening. It's that simple. So it, the same goes for whatever your product or your art is. So the ice cream analogy, if we go back to that, instead, you make your art and then you say, okay, who really wants this? Who's going to appreciate this? Who really gets this sort of ice cream thing? Well, maybe it's people in Florida. Maybe it's people in Texas. Maybe it's people in you know, England, maybe it's people in, you know, wherever it may be, there's somewhere that will get it. There's a group of people that will get it. And, you know, maybe there's multiple groups spread out. Um, you know, maybe it's not really in a certain geographic location. Maybe it's just so, so sort of specific and a niche sort of uh, product that only people on the internet, like scattered all over the world will get it. Welcome to, you know what I mean? Like, welcome to the digital age. That's still totally viable. Even if you only had, you know, one fan per city, there's a lot of cities in the world, friends, and that's still a lot of fans um, that you can gain for your product, your business, your service, your podcast, your books, your poetry, your songs, you know, etc. So the point I'm making here is, you know, do you do exactly what it is that you do and what really makes you happy, what really fuels the fire, what really, you know, you go to bed at night and you think, man, I, I did exactly what I wanted to do today. I wrote a song or man, I cooked the absolute best vegetable soup I've ever made. Or man, I, I mixed the absolute best mix I've ever mixed. Like that is what I want to do. And that is me. That's who I am. And not only that, but let's go back to the songwriting analogy. You think, man, I wrote a song that was really heartbreaking and it was really honest and it was really hard for me to write, but it was totally 100% me. And it was the story. And, and even if the song was nonfiction or fiction, even if it was completely made up and a fantasy, that's not the point. It's still yours and you still made it exactly as you wanted to do it without thinking about anybody else, without thinking about what people are going to say or what the market's going to say or, you know, are labels going to like it or is, you know, people on YouTube going to watch the video. Don't worry about any of that. At the end of the day, you can go to sleep knowing that you did something exactly as you wanted it to. You did it purely out of your personality. And to me, that is true artistry. And I totally get the argument. You know, we want to make a living out of this. That's the whole struggle that, we all, that we've been dealing with in the digital age, especially with music, where our intellectual property rights have been shifted into something kind of different, where big tech companies can say, oh, well, you know, we're going to stream your music for free and, you know, we're going to pay you a little bit, but, uh, you know, you can opt out at any time, but, 
sorry, but this is where most people listen to music now. You know, and that's that's really hard. You know, if we go back to our ice cream shop analogy, it's like some huge ice cream manufacturer came into the scene and said, um, yeah, well, we are now going to produce all of your flavors. Now, you can take your flavors out at any time, but we're going to distribute all your flavors to everybody and put it all under one shop so everybody can get whatever ice cream they want from all over the world. And you're like, okay, that's cool, but I make way more money when people come into the store and I, you know, they buy ice cream from me. I don't make nearly as much if if you take it. And they're like, yeah, but but we have 20 million people on our site and they all are looking at all the ice creams all over the world. Isn't that great? And then, yeah, they're right. They do have all those people. And, you know, so that's the situation that we're dealing with right now as musicians. And it goes obviously much deeper than that into big, big tech and big data and big money. I mean, it's a really deep situation at all. I mean, and it's not just in the U.S. It's really everywhere. It's, it's kind of changed the entire global economy. And we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, but I don't want to get depressing here. I, I really want to remain optimistic for this podcast because the point of this is if you aren't reaching the market that you want to reach with that service, don't be on it. You know, if you aren't reaching that market. Now, if you are reaching the market, you know, if that is a good place for you to put your music, do it. Um, but there are so many options available to you right now on the internet. You know, with Facebook, you can target ads to certain groups of people based on their country and their age and their interests. I mean, you couldn't really ask for more, in my opinion, in terms of focusing ads to certain people. You know, you wouldn't market denture cream to children. You just wouldn't. I mean, nobody would. They play commercials for denture cream on TV at certain hours of the day because they know older people are probably going to be watching TV then because they've done some research. So for you and your art, whatever that is, you have to do your research and say, okay, who who likes what I like? You know, don't conform your art into some strange like attempt to please everybody in the whole world because that is a fool's errand. It won't work. You know, it's like trying to make the perfect sandwich that everybody's going to love on the whole planet. It's like, hey, some people like ham sandwiches. Some people like veggie sandwiches. Some people like burgers. Other people like hot sandwiches. Some people like cold sandwiches. I mean, there's it's, it's a fool's errand. There's no point in trying to change something that's so dear to you and something that is so personal. Change that for the sake of pleasing everybody. Okay, there are seven, almost what, almost eight billion people in the world now. And it's like, there are people that will like your stuff. I guarantee you, if you like it, you probably developed your preference from listening to this artist or from eating this type of food or from doing whatever. And other people probably did the same thing. Like, I hate to say this, but you're not that original. You know, we are so similar as people all over the world, like globally in every culture, every nationality, you know, every race, gender, religion, all that stuff. We're so similar. And yet we just don't we don't seem to admit that to each other. Like people all over the world love bread and people all over the world love Coca-Cola and people. That's not a product placement, by the way. It says nothing to do with Coca-Cola. People all over the world <laughs> uh, like lots of similar things and there are definitely people that will like what you do. Now, 
obviously, if the overwhelming response from people is, wow, this is, you know, this meatloaf is terrible or, wow, this ice cream shop is really, really bad. I mean, okay, take the hint and improve your art, you know, you know, don't, don't release a product just because, because it's art and it's brilliant and it's mine and therefore it's amazing. You know, don't get cocky with it, but be selfish, be selfish, not cocky. All right. Um, there's a fine line there. I know the point is you're allowed to be selfish with your art and you should be, you should do it for you. You shouldn't care what anybody else thinks. You shouldn't care what anybody else thinks about your passion because it's not their passion. It's your passion. And then from then on out, you need to find people that share that passion. There are definitely people out there that get what you're trying to say. Maybe not now. Maybe it'll take some time. You know, maybe you're ahead of your time. Maybe you're behind the times. Maybe what you're doing is already outdated. But if it's really your passion, that shouldn't matter. I know it hurts and I know you want to make money on it. And I know I get it. I know you want to make it your career. But I honestly urge you, I think you will be a much happier, healthier, wiser person if you don't succumb to the pressures of fame or fortune, which, you know, most of us will never see much fame or fortune, but you don't succumb to the pressures of notoriety and sell yourself out and change your passion for other people. It's not worth it. I can tell you now it is not worth it. Okay. Now with the podcast, for example, I get lots of suggestions on the podcast and I love the suggestions. I've had people say to me, you know, Hey, that last episode, you know, you kind of dragged on your questions a little bit. And I'm like, Oh, well, maybe they're right. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I take that advice. I really do. Like, it doesn't offend me. Um, now, sure, obviously, if that's the only comments I ever got, that would, you know, I, I enjoy a good compliment every now and then, too. Um, but I take that advice and I try to learn from it, just like you should. But uh, let's say you're a songwriter and you like folk music. Let's say kind of like early American Woody Guthrie folk, okay? And not a lot of people are really listening to that style anymore. But maybe your audience, you know, is this sort of younger, sort of freak folk generation of the next, you know, the next wave of these young kids uh, listening to this sort of like old inspired folk music. You got to find that. You got to find that niche and you got to find it um, because it's out there. I almost guarantee it's out there. I mean, if you're doing something so abstract and so different that, you know, nobody really knows what to think of it. You can't expect much, all right? You can't expect people to just latch on. Now, it might catch on. It really might uh, because it's new and it's different and people love that. But it might completely flop. But again, as long as you're doing your passion the way you want to do it and you're staying true to yourself, it shouldn't matter. And you stop, stop the voices telling you that it matters. Stop all the haters telling you like, oh, well, you know, if you did this, 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 then, you know, maybe you could get some radio play or, you know, if you change this, if you made that song shorter, then, you know, it could, it could actually play on the radio and blah, blah, blah. And then you think, well, this guy, you know, kind of knows what he's talking about. Don't, don't even worry about it. Okay. Don't, don't listen to anybody. Do your music exactly as you want to do it, but take input from people that you respect to a point. As long as you really think about it and think, do I agree with that? Do I, do I want to cut this chorus out? You know, and it does, it's harder. It's harder to do that. I'll admit it's much harder to think that critically about your own stuff as opposed to just like, 
Oh, well, these guys did it. It worked for them. I must do that too. That's lazy. You know, it's lazy to be like, well, you know, everybody on the radio, uh, you know, is doing pop stuff. And so maybe I should put some pop elements in my songs. And, you know, all those songs are like under four minutes and most of them are under three and a half. So I should probably shorten this. And, you know, a lot of them are doing this kind of chord progression. And, uh, you know, that's cool. And, you know, maybe I'll kind of like take that and maybe implement that into some of my songs. That's just, it's to me, that's just ridiculous. It doesn't advance music. It doesn't advance art, you know? Some great examples I wanted to share with you. Vincent Van Gogh, Claude Monet, Emily Dickinson, Edgar Allan Poe. These four people, these four artists, you know, painters, writers, they're practically household names at this point. Now, if you don't know who these people are, it's like, okay, where have you been? Um, you know, they're known as some of the big influential figures in their fields but most of them weren't even famous until after they died you know some of them got zero zero money from their from their work some of them were thought to be insane some of them were thought like man that guy is nuts uh he's the town drunk nobody wants to buy his paintings that guy's crazy he cut off his own ear nobody talked to him but they didn't actually look, you know, and he didn't have resources to market himself. He didn't know that. He was doing it because he had to, you know, uh, Van Gogh, uh, he, he marketed to people like zero, <laughs> you know, he probably showed his paintings to people and was like, what do you think? And most people were like, well, you're crazy and I don't really care. Uh, you know, that doesn't look like anything. Um, you know, and, and he was like, oh, well, I guess I am crazy. And he just kept painting and kept drawing and kept doing what he did because he had to, because he really, really had to, you know, he, that was his passion and he didn't stop. He didn't change his style to suit what people wanted. You know, he just did it how he saw it, you know, in his head. And that's a big lesson for all of us. And yeah, he paid the price in some way because, Nobody really noticed his work until he, after he was dead. But now we look back and say, man, he was arguably one of the greatest painters who's ever lived. You know, he, he's, he was doing things that nobody else, nobody would even challenge themselves to see things that way. Or, you know, what was going through his mind? Why did he see things that way? And yes, I get it. In these modern times, we want to make a living out of what we do. We really, really do. And we all want to do it. We all would love to. I mean, it'd be like a dream, right? If we could just do what we wanted to do, pursue our passion and make it our job. And that's what all of us are trying to do. I think a lot of us at least, um, you know, but don't change your core beliefs about your art. And I'm not talking about like, oh, well, I really wanted to record music, but now I have to teach music. Sometimes that stuff happens, okay? And sometimes you have to do a similar job that's not exactly what you wanted to do to make it work. I'm talking about more like if you want to be a folk artist, but folk artists aren't getting popular, and so you think, well, maybe if I try to do pop music, then people will notice me. If you start doing that thing, or if you're a chef and you say, well, you know, people aren't really into Vietnamese food right now, maybe I should go to more like a steak restaurant, or maybe I should go to more like burgers and stuff. Like, if you start changing your direction and your artistic intent into something that it's not, you've lost yourself. You really have. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for your soul. It might be hard to get back. You know, it might be hard to get back to that place because, you know, you, you spend all this time as a musician and as an artist using your art to find yourself and sort of like 
understand yourself. And I think all of you guys know what I mean by that. You know, you, you, you spend time thinking and you spend time pondering and, you know, maybe you scream a little bit and you cry a little bit and maybe you laugh a little bit and, and you go through all these strange processes and struggles dealing with your passion, you know, through day-to-day life, whether it's writing songs or going on the road or opening a restaurant or opening a studio. You know, you go through all the trials and all the struggles But at the end of the day, you should be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is me. You know, this is who I am. What I did today, the song I wrote today, that was me. The dish I cooked today, that was my favorite food. That's exactly the type of meal that I want to make for people. The painting that I did today, that's what I see in my head. And I don't care what anybody else sees. That's what I see. You know, and I I think that's my whole message to you guys for 2017. Just be you. Be real, be honest, you know, be honest about your shortcomings, be honest about what you want to achieve, be honest about your strengths, be real and open to, you know, being vulnerable in your songwriting, to, you know, accept criticism in your recordings. You know, if you are struggling with something, write it down. Say like, you know, I really, really struggle with compression or I really struggle with EQ. Write that down. You know, don't don't hide behind this sort of like the the way that we sort of live our lives on the internet right now. It's very easy to it's very easy to show everybody how perfect our lives are. It's very easy to show everybody, you know, and show off. And I want to be clear, I'm not advocating being a show off or, you know, being cocky or being, you know, uh, having a big ego or any of these things. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm saying, you know, be you and all that stuff. What I'm saying is be real about who you are and what you're going through. Maybe you don't need to share it on Facebook. Maybe you just need to talk to somebody about it. But I really feel like that's something I had to get off my chest, um, that I know a lot of people out there that um, struggle with their passion and they want to do more with it and they want to make it their own, but they also want, you know, people to be happy and they want to, you know, they're trying to please so many people. But at the end of the day, I think it's more important to just do you exactly as you are, be who you are, and then find people that, I would argue that even for relationships, you know, find friends that that like you exactly as you are. You know, don't change yourself to to get friends. We all know we we shouldn't do that. So why would you change your art to get fans? It's the same it's the same principle. You know what I mean? You don't you don't lie about who you are to get friends. I mean, we all know how that would end. Not good. We I mean, we've all seen movies. <laughs> I mean, we know that that can't end end well. You know, we know that lying to get into a relationship is bad. You know, if you tell if you tell somebody that you're a rich investment banker and you make $100,000 a year, I mean, and you don't. <laughs> I mean, where's that's no good. That's not going to that's not going to end well. You know, so it's the same philosophy when it comes to your art. And it's sort of this residing philosophy, you know, be you, be real, um, and form, form good relationships and seek out people that, um, are similar to you and learn from people that are different from you. Don't write them off. Don't think that they're wrong because, oh, well, I think this is real jazz and that guy thinks that this is real jazz and I disagree. That's fine. But realize that he's being him or she's being her, and that they are 
trying their best and they are they have their opinions now i'm certainly not one of those people that says oh we're all right truth is subjective and uh, everything and you can believe whatever you want and you're correct because you said it i mean that to me is ridiculous i mean to me there's things that are known to be true things that are known to not be true and things that are unknown to me that's that's basically all it is and then everything else is just kind of opinion and conjecture and and that's fine uh, I guess the the whole point of me bringing that up is really just to say, like, you know, I want you to learn from me, but I also want you to prove me wrong. If I say something that is wrong, I want you to point it out. I don't get offended by those things. Um, but, you know, be ready to defend your argument because I'll defend it if I think that I'm right. But maybe I was wrong. There are things in the podcast that I've missed over the years, you know, or I've said something that might have been misleading. I've said things that, uh, you know, maybe later my opinion has changed. Um, and so sometimes people will email me about things and they'll say, you know, on episode, you know, 32 or whatever, you said this, 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 you know, why do you do that? And, you know, I'll respond and say, well, actually, I used to do that. And now I don't do that anymore because I figured out that I don't like how it sounds or I don't like how it works or I was actually wrong. Um, you know, and I'm always in debate about whether or not I should change those episodes, go back and try to fix those episodes. But I don't think I will. I think I'll just leave them as they are because, you know, I, that's that's what I thought at that time. And podcasts are kind of like, you know, songs like they capture a moment in time. And in that moment, maybe I was wrong. Um, I don't presume to know everything. I'm just sharing my opinions uh, one podcast at a time. Hopefully they help you. So anyway, guys, one last thing I wanted to talk about on this episode um, with artistic intent is sort of a similar issue, but kind of unrelated at the same time. Um, but it basically is the idea that because of the internet, because of these new marketing tools that we have, because of social media, the sort of canyon between the fan and the artist has grown smaller and smaller and smaller and so now there's there's not really a separation between fan and artist there's no mystique there's no wonder there's no sense of you know okay look back at Jimi hendrix you know everything about Jimi hendrix screamed Jimi hendrix like the image of Jimi hendrix like the clothes and the hair and the lifestyle and the music and the guitars and I mean all of it like it's all a thing right it's a brand if you will uh, whether it was intentional or not I mean it's a brand but because of social media you know imagine Jimi Hendrix having a Facebook page and him just being like hey guys I got a show today you know like that that separation between the artist and the art, you know, the art creators and the art consumers has grown really small. And I think there's something to be said for keeping a gap. Now, that might seem counterintuitive to this whole podcast, because this whole podcast has been talking about being real and being honest and being yourself and making music how you want to make it. But I still believe that Jimi Hendrix was making music exactly as he wanted to make it. The difference was he didn't treat it like he was a local artist. Like he kind of did the whole fake it till you make it thing. And he was like, well, I'm special. I know I'm special uh, and people are going to really like this. And, and he kept that distance. Now, again, I find it so fascinating that the music industry is this sort of constant walking the line between complete honesty and vulnerability and really personal stories and songs and entertainment and flashiness 
and sort of that mystique that I was talking about, you know, that, that like performance. And I find it so fascinating and confusing. And, and I see artists struggling with that, you know, like how can I be myself, but also have an image and have, you know, have a thing, have a brand. Um, and I think there's, you, you've got to find your own way to do it, but I think it's a fine balance of creating the music that you really want to create. Okay. That's first, first and foremost, you know, being true to yourself, doing what you want to do, then seeking out the audience that will consume that. But at the same time, don't, don't just go full in and try to connect with them on this personal level. Leave a little bit of room in there. Little, leave a little bit of a gap. Not so much where you're blowing up your ego, but leave a little bit of a gap in there where there's some mystique and some mystery and, you know, oh, what's he up to lately? And, you know, don't just, don't just talk to your fans on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter or whatever uh, with your... And again, I'm speaking specifically to musicians right now and not necessarily like engineers, but... You know, don't just talk like, hey, guys, I got a show. You know, treat it like a business. Like, is that how you would advertise if you created a product, uh, you know, that you're taking to the public market or to sell at the big box stores around your city? Like, would you just say on the label, like, hey, guys, this is a really great peanut butter. Uh, I made it yesterday. Um, please buy it. You know, like, no, it would be treated like, you know, oh, our peanuts are slow roasted on the, you know, like <laughs> it would be treated like it's important. And and so you almost have to give yourself a little bit more credit while finding that perfect balance of not being too egotistical. I hope that all makes sense. Like, you know, there's that there's that fine line and there's so many fine lines in, in what we do in, in art and music. And uh, I just wanted to kind of bring that up is, is keep a little bit of mystery in there. Keep a little bit of mystique, keep a little bit of a gap where your fans are like reaching out to you. They can't necessarily touch you, but they can still talk to you and it's still personal and it's still real and it's still honest. And it's not like, you know, oh, I'm this music God, but it's not quite, hey, we're buddies and we're just all hanging out. Right. I, I, there's a, it's a hard topic to talk about without sounding like I'm encouraging you to be an egotistical, like, you know, <laughs> but I think you get the point. Um, so guys, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I know it's definitely different. Uh, apologize. I haven't really talked about any recording techniques on this show per se. Um, but Hey, I got a, I got a quick tip for you. Uh, this is something that, uh, I've been doing for a while now, but I shared it on my Instagram probably four years ago. Uh, but, uh, some guys have asked me, uh, one guy emailed me recently and they said, Hey, how do I keep my kick drum from sliding? Uh, when a, uh, when a drummer is playing really hard and the kick drum keeps moving, uh, I have two great techniques for that. The first one is cinder blocks, uh, wrapped in a towel. Uh, so of course, if you happen to have a cinder block around, um, you know, wrap it in a towel so it doesn't scuff up the hoop and just set it in front of the drum and it won't go anywhere. But another great one is if you happen to have a kick pedal, another kick pedal. So like if they bring their own kick pedal and you have one at the studio, you can put a kick pedal on the front side of the hoop and you don't even have to clamp it down or anything, but you can put down the little spikes into the rug and it'll keep, it'll help keep that uh, kick drum from moving so much. So uh, there you go. There's your, there's your recording tip. Uh, not to just end on a completely philosophical note, but uh, there's your recording tip, keeping kick drums from moving. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, um, I've got a lot of cool shows planned for this year. I've got a lot of cool videos. Um, I'm just about to put up a video on the YouTube channel, um, some more tests with compression and saturation. Uh, I know I've gotten a lot of good responses for those mixing for loudness videos. Um, so please check those out and, and be on the lookout for a new video about compression and saturation. I, I've got a lot of cool ideas planned for videos about that. Um, but anyway, guys, as usual, for all things Recording Lounge, check out recordingloungepodcast.com. Also, make sure to email me, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com, with your questions, show suggestions, uh, critiques, uh, etc. But watch it on the critiques. Be nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, so other than that, guys, uh, thanks for being a fan. Thanks for being a podcast listener. Uh, we're going to have a great year and I hope you have a great year too. All right. Talk soon.